episode 88. I'm still alone in LA, and I'm bored enough to keep recording myself. Um, and we'll see, you know, we'll see how much you guys love to hear my voice. I'll check the numbers, I'll assess whether I'm loved or not, and we'll take it from there. Okay, what's popping? What's popping, as they say, as the kids say in Greece? Um, I've been, I'll tell you what's popping. I'm still raging, but I'm raging mostly about commercials. I keep seeing commercials, and it's, I mean, I guess everyone sees commercials on some level, but when you're back home and there's a TV on, you see them on an insane level, and you see what marketing has become. And, and I mean, for a long time, companies have leaned into this idea that, like, that you should make an ad that makes people literally angry. Like, if you piss people off, they will remember it more. And I'm talking about Geico. I'm talking about Liberty Mutual. I'm talking about all these fuckers. They make things that are so cringy, so not funny, that you it sticks in your head way longer than an actually funny commercial or, or whatever would, would be. And so it is a manipulative, disgusting tactic, and I call for the death of them. Um... But whatever it is, Liberty Mutual, you know, Liberty Mutual, guys. Liberty, 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 Liberty. And they say the last one, that last Liberty, they say it a little too quick. It's to make you mad. It's designed to piss you off. All the Geico shit. Also, did you guys know that Geico stands for Government Employees Insurance Company? Don't trust them. Um, but, yeah, commercials, they're, they're fucking nuts. All these, the, the marketing that is set up to piss you off is crazy. Uh, and if you don't believe me, then you're an idiot because then you, if you're laughing at Geico commercials, you gotta kill yourself. You gotta jump off that bridge, do the right thing. Um, there's some also local commercials I've been seeing here that are doing the same tactic. They're trying to piss you off. There's something called um, the what is this called? The Grocery Outlet Bargain Market. And I saw a commercial the other day, and I almost punched through my parents' TV because it's the same thing. It's it's pretending to be a comedy sketch, but it is so cringy and so not funny. That it enrages you. And then I just went to their YouTube and found uh, tons of their videos. And apparently this grocery store just has this marketing campaign. They just they just make annoying, cringy shit that they know will get more attention than, uh, than a commercial that's just showing you their groceries, showing you their apples. They're like, what if we made this humiliating to the actors? And they all, and it's LA. So guess what? We're going to have tons of people getting in line to humiliate themselves. Um... Let's go to the national level, though. There's this Sonic, um, a Sonic commercial I keep hearing. Uh, it's the under $2 Craves, and you guys have probably heard this, too. It's like a Jason Mraz song about Sonic flavors. Sonic's under $2 Craves are under 2 bucks, so you can get something tasty without breaking the bank. Sonic under $2 Craves. Mm, Sonic. That makes me want to kill my... Sonic and a two-dollar crate. I want to kill you. Do not do not try to interject... And I'll, I'll admit this. I don't think this commercial is trying to... I don't think that this commercial is is going for the for trying to be bad. This commercial is going for sincerity, and that's just as much of a crime. Like, do, do not have someone sing their heart out about Sonic under two-dollar craves. That is criminal. Like, that is, that is despicable, and I mean this. That is despicable behavior. Like, don't do it, guys. Don't, don't do that. Don't become a Jason Mraz for Sonic. Speaking of Jason Mraz's for Sonic, also, okay, since I got here, the literally the first day I got here on the radio, a Harry Styles song is on for, and I'm telling you for less than 15 seconds, I heard 
part of the chorus of this one song that I've, I, I've maybe I've heard before or whatever. And every single morning when my eyes open, I hear it. I hear it in my fucking head. It has been locked in my head for almost three weeks. And I'm going nuts because I cannot stop. Every time I wake up in the morning, it just starts in my head. And I think the reason is because songs of the past used to rip off a, a song often or whatever. It could be like a, a, you know, a cheap version of this or whatever, a, a ripoff. But nowadays, songs will rip off five famous songs. So, like, there's no escaping. There's no way to get around that that will get stuck in your head. Because that Harry Styles song uses is like ripping off "Aha," "Take on Me," and a litany of other things. I I don't care to get that far into right now. And also, I didn't write it down, so I don't remember. But when a song rips off from that big of a swath, if you go, "I'm ripping off five songs," then you you get five chances to get stuck in someone's head, and therefore a hit, quote unquote, song. Um, because it already was a hit. It's already a famous fucking song. It's much like. Um, this thing that plagued me for a long time. There was this song that uh, this group called Swirl 360, these two disgusting twin brothers had. Um, I'll play it now. It was a song used in a Drew Barrymore movie, I think Never Been Kissed, or one of those movies. But when I heard this song, I remember in the 90s being like, I... I know that chorus from something else and it and it literally took years and years and years of of trying to sort that out what that is and then we figured out or the other day I was at, as at um I was at Botanica the bar I sometimes work at and Sophie B Hawkins came on and it's that song it's this one Yes, I knew I heard this song all my fucking life, and you guys ripped it off directly, and that's why I recognized, or whatever you thought it was, that's why it was a hit. That's why Swirl 360 gets to have a hit song, is because you directly rip off something that was already a hit, and then we're, we're comfortable with it, we're familiar with it. Um, but there was a third level, because I was like, there's something else, I know this from like a kid's... In my mind, I could hear it like in a flute, like the end of a kid's song, and I was like, it, it's something else too, someone else has ripped this same exact... Um, progression or melody off and then I finally the other day figured it out and it's from fucking Elf it's this little choir in the background of Elf going la 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 it's so weird, um, but I finally was able to close that chapter in my life. I've closed the, the Swirl 360 chapter, and I'm, I'm now I'm willing to let it go. It's, it's gone. Um, but it took years. It literally took years to pin that down. What's, who is Swirl 60, these two twin brothers that are probably dead by now? Who are they ripping off? Um, and I'm glad it's done. Very glad. Um Let's see. What else has been popping? I keep saying... I don't know why I keep saying popping. I'm so sorry that I keep saying popping. Um, I also keep going, um, t which is very annoying. It's just, These are like ticks. I don't I don't know. Uh, you know, without Will here, without with me being by myself, I'm forced to just talk to my own ums and my tts. I hung with my dear friend Nathan the other day. He came over. He did a two-hour drive just to see me, which was so nice of him. So amazing of him he's a great a great man a great friend and um we hung out 
had some good times, and we were watching a documentary, my favorite documentary, actually, my favorite documentary of all time, as you guys know, Dark Days, about the mole people in New York um, that live underground. And we're, we're watching this doc, and it is, it is my favorite of all time. But I did something I should have done. I smoked a little too much weed, and I've been trying to, you know, pare it down. I've been, I've been on like one or two joints a day, which, if you know me, that's a comically small amount because I used to go one or two per hour, no joke. And no, that's not a brag; it's a shameful admission. Um, I'm highly addicted to the feeling of happiness, and but so I haven't been as much out here. And Nathan came over, and I go, "Yeah, I could smoke a couple joints in a row." Uh, pretty much as soon as I did that, I go, I, I go, oh no, oh no. And we're sitting there watching this doc. And there's probably, you know, 15 minutes left. It's almost done. And I just look over to him and I go, I got to go to sleep right now. I got to go to sleep. And I, like, I didn't even explain what was going on. I was just like, I have to go lay down in a room right now because I'm going to have a panic attack. And, um, that's a cool thing to do to your friend who drove two hours to be like, guess what? You know what? It's 11 o'clock and I'm going to bed this minute. So that's what, that was my, uh, that was my fun night with Nathan. It was fun, but I, I feel bad that I, um, I, I slammed it shut because I did something and I knew it when I lift the second joint, I go, I know this is prop, this could affect me in a way that freaks me out. And it, it directly did. Even my favorite documentary couldn't get me through it. I was looking at the screen going, I can't look at this. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. And then I went to bed the next day and I, and I felt fine because it is fine. But I just went too hard. Sometimes you go too hard, you know. Speaking of friends, I also hung out with uh, my, my old friend and former boss from New York, Colin Longstaff, who is not a listener here, so I don't really have to give him a name shout out, but I will. Uh, he works at a bar that's legit five minutes from my parents' house, so that was, that's cool. I just get to go waddle down there. And um, I, I realized something interesting that like when you're... And I wasn't drunk. I had one glass of wine, but I, I, I texted a, a friend, Mike, and I was like, you got to come to Colin's bar when you come to, he's coming to LA in a month or something. I said, you got to come here. This is so cool. He works so close to my parents. And then I, I realized something that happens all the time for me. It doesn't even mean you're drunk, but it's just like when you're excited about something and you text a friend um, about something and then they don't reply for like a day or something because that's just how, that's modern times. That is what it is. But by the time someone replies to something I was hyped about, by the time they reply, I'm like, shut up. I don't want to talk about this, you idiot. But I was the one who started it. And they're, you know, Mike was like, the next day, Mike was like, oh, cool. Tell me about it. And I was like, no, I'm not going to shut up. I don't care about that because I'm past it. I sent the message. If you replied immediately, we could have had a couple back and forths. But you know what I'm saying? Like once that, once the, um, once the energy of that message kind of fades for me, I'm like, I don't even reply. I don't even, I don't even actually didn't reply. I didn't say like, I didn't say, what, I didn't say anything. I'm just like, shut up. And I just don't reply. So that's my thing. Um, you, you missed the window in which I wanted to chat about that. And then now I'm mad at you for wanting to chat to me about it. So since I've been here, there's been a, a, a litany of um, Pam Anderson, um, not memes, but just like she's just plastered everywhere because of her doc that just came out. And... It is weird that there's this new, I don't know if it's new, maybe it's not new, but like, just like Chandler dude did it, Friends Guy, it's like, there's almost a new wave of like, old people get to resell themselves again, to say I'm correcting the record, but in reality, like, at least for Pam Anderson, I keep watching her on things, and people are still being really gross to her, people are still being very, like, every question is about sex and stuff, and you're like, 
it, isn't that the thing that you're you're supposed to be apologizing for treating her like for the last 50 years and then she comes on a show and you still bring up so what was it like having sex with Tommy Lee and you're like what the fuck are you doing like how can this how can this cycle keep being like this and how do you expect people to not go psycho as a result of it because it's 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 crazy behavior to say we brought you on to talk about how it's wrong that you were exploited by that movie that was made against your will the tom and pam pam movie whatever that was because she cause she did not okay that and then you come onto these shows and they still just want to talk about boners or big titties and you're like god damn it man this doesn't it doesn't end and so i guess in that respect it's like well maybe you might as well go make some money from it but it's like it's not like I don't know. It's the same as Britney Spears when that doc came out. It was like, you're just, you're re-harming these people. You you pretend that you're saying it's wrong that we exploited them, but you're just showing their sex tapes over again and saying it was wrong that we showed this the first time. You're all fucking evil. That's right. I'm a Christian now, and the media is evil. Actually, I don't believe in the concept of evil, if anyone's curious about my beliefs about evilness. I, I, I really, truly feel like that takes the uh, blame away from a human. I don't think a human can be evil. I think a human is responsible for every fucking thing they've done. That's right, I'm talking about you, Matt Lauer. Or whoever's in trouble at the moment. Anyone. Um, Yeah, I don't believe evil exists. I believe people exist. And I believe people are trash. So, you know, I'm a positive guy. I'm a happy man. Oh, this morning when I woke up, I'll say this. I've started a new trend for myself. I'm starting to unfollow people on Instagram that enrage me because I have found that I I truly don't follow anyone that makes me laugh or that I enjoy. I, I only follow things that absolutely piss me off for whatever reason. And they're, for the most part, these are also people I don't even know because there was an era where we had our first pilot, Illegal Island, where I was like adding, just add a thousand people just to try to spread our pilot or whatever. And then I'm stuck with the remnants of strangers of verbal vomiting online and then me hating them even though I don't know them. So I started unfollowing people. And today I woke up and there was a video of um, someone's, I just found myself watching a story of someone's, someone licking the mouth of their dog. And I was just like, I got enraged, and then then I go, you know what? Unfollow that person. If what they do makes you mad, don't even look. Which could be considered sticking your head in the sand in some political levels, but I but I mean, for my personal sanity, I gotta I, I have to unfollow a lot of these self help gurus that I make fun of on a daily basis because the hatred I feel is um, there's nowhere for it to go except for this podcast or comedy things, which which you know it's it's just like I might as well not wake up and become enraged so I'm trying to do that I'm mass unfollowing maybe my life's gonna get more boring but maybe it'll be less uh, annoying too there's just yeah there's tons of these like and I say comedians I, I got my fingers quoting as hard as I can when I say people that are comedians on Instagram people that and again if your friends listening to their comedians I'm not talking about you I'm talking about people that I literally don't know but people that fucking suck because there's a whole crew of of what's I don't even know how to word this hot girl comedians ah. it's girls that are that are posting thirst traps but they're also stand up comedians and yeah I know this is going to get dicey because people are going to go you're saying women can't post bikini pics I'm not saying I'm not telling anyone what to do at all I'm saying as a comedian if you are a comedian then your job is to mock those people it's not that they that it shouldn't exist but your job is to be the to, to be pointing out 
these absurd hypocrisies, absurd behavior, and cringy and embarrassing behavior. You're supposed to make fun. That's your job as a comedian. It's not that you hate them, but it's just like that is your position in this world, in my opinion. Um, and if you are sometimes posting videos of yourself doing stand-up or being funny, and then sometimes posting yourself with your butt up in the air in a bed and trying to make people turned on, it's just very confusing to me. Again, I'm not saying it's wrong of you to be sexy. I'm just saying I, I pursue comedy, and if I ever posted a picture of myself shirtless trying to show that I'm hot, I, I hope, I hope people will come after me and say, what the fuck are you doing? Because it's not, you, you, you can't occupy both spaces. You can be attractive. Uh, you can be an attractive person and still do comedy, of course. I'm not saying hot girls can't do comedy. I'm just saying it's, it's this weird thing of like, there's comedians that you might be uh, supposed to be peers with, but like the, my, you're the people I want to make fun of. It was just like when I did improv, no offense to improvisers except offense to most of you because I think you're horrible and not funny, but when I tried to do improv, I couldn't get past level one. I literally couldn't go to the class show. I couldn't do it because you are the people I want to make fun of. You are my target. And I do, again, this sounds like I think you're horrible or shitty people or I hate you. I don't mean that. I just mean the, the things that the angles that I take comedically are against people that love to do improv, that type of person, whoever, whatever you want to call that kind of person. And so it just it, it didn't work with me to have to support the people that I think are the cringiest cringe lords of all time. I can't do it. And maybe that means I can't be a comedian. I don't know. Maybe that means I need therapy. But either way, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to try to be a successful comedian. We'll see what happens. Speaking of comedy, I realized um, over the last couple weeks that, like, comedy comedy and music, both of them, are the things that I've spent my life pursuing. And both comedy and music are two things that you you will not know you failed at until it's way too late. Like, most things, most professions or whatever, if you tried to be whatever, a lawyer, you got to pass the bar, you didn't do it, it's not going to work. You try to be a doctor, you got to, whatever. Sports, you, there, there's a clear line in which you cannot go past this. Whatever your age, your height, whatever it is, there's a thing in which around 23 to 25 that tells you that's as far as you go. And when you're 23 to 25, you totally can can reinvent yourself, figure shit out about yourself and go find a new, totally different career that's invigorating and fun. But when you're like 56 and you're still pursuing comedy and music... It's, it's way too late to go, oh, I guess that didn't work. I'll turn around and do something else. It's way too late. And because of how the business works, because you could become successful at any point, and because people like Phil Hartman became successful at 35 or whatever, there's this belief system, this, this continual mechanism in you that goes, well, I could still be successful. Um, and, and there's no way to, I mean, basically until you're on your deathbed, you won't know that you weren't successful at comedy and music. Until literally, like, until you die, you could become, technically, you could become successful. So, it is an alarming thing to realize, to go like, oh, there's, there's not a thing that's going to tell me to stop. There's not, a, there's not like a, there's not a built-in uh, system that says, you didn't pass these tests and therefore you cannot do this. It's just a keep swinging into the air and hope that lightning strikes you on some level and propels you into this way. Um... And that being said, I am still promoting the project, our most recent comedy series. You guys got to get out there and watch it. Um, 
I need you to. I need to. I need for the last uh, chunk of my life to not be meaningless. I need to become successful. This is the only way to get my friends and family back together, guys. I need money. I have to build a compound to force everyone into so we can all do ketamine and yoga every day for 90 days straight. See if we love each other or if we hate each other and choose to walk in different directions. But there's only one way to find that out, and that's by doing it. Also, in, in uh, I think I said this in the last episode that I like hit a bunch of New York uh, or California-based but New York native people up. People I knew in New York that are out here. I don't know why that's so hard to say. I hit up people out here that I knew from New York and um, most of them I've not met up with or, or even heard replies from. And I realized something interesting about texting and, or, or what's so sketchy about texting is texting is like, potentially it's so damaging because it gives you receipts about how much someone isn't thinking about you. Like, you can look, scan through your text, you can go see, what was the last time my brother texted me? And you're like, oh, one year ago. Like, it gives you a literal receipt of how little someone thinks about you or cares about you. And, you know, in, an, in another world, it would just be like, maybe they're thinking about me out there. But now you know, we, we can telepathically communicate. You could hit me up in any second. The, like, the, the, in the old world, in ye olden days, it would have been like, Maybe my ex, maybe she is thinking about me. Maybe she's bummed. Maybe she wishes she was back with me. But now you know that's not true because she's not texting you. She could telepathically shoot you a message in a second. And because that's not happening, you're aware, you're given the facts up front. Which maybe that's good. Maybe that'll lead to a, a different human evolution of, of behavior and of treatment uh, or of, of acknowledging what relationships are. But... For me, it's just a weird, offensive thing where I go like, huh, this person didn't reply. That was half a year ago. I guess they don't love me. Think about that. I want everyone to go onto their phone and kind of scroll. In fact, do this. Scroll to the to the bottom. Go to the, the first text you can find sent via your phone and see how many people you've not talked to in like four years. And then hit them up and go, you're a piece of shit. You haven't kept in contact with me. You're not a good friend. And they'll go, who is this? I don't even know of this number. And then you go, fuck you. It's me, Asher. That's my challenge, and I want everyone to do it. I watched uh, a documentary on the band Taproot the other day, and that no one, I doubt anyone will know what I'm talking about. Taproot was a new metal band that that didn't get that big. It was not a big band, but um, but but it, it's something I used to listen to, and I thought it was great. And I and, it's one of those things that I look back, I, go, I truly cannot trust myself forever because I thought that, that it was smart music. I thought new metal was intelligent, smart music. So now, what? why would I trust myself ever? It's insane. Like, if you liked Led Zeppelin when you were 16 and grew out of it, that's not embarrassing. That's, that's, that's music that people still like. But... I liked Taproot when I was 16. I liked P.O.D. I liked New Metal. And it's, it, it's, I cannot look back at that and go, yeah, it was just of its time. I look back at that and I go, I cannot believe that shit was created. And I cannot believe my parents didn't beat me mercilessly for listening to it. Like, imagine if you came home and you heard your kid listening to Limp Bizkit or something. You'd be like, all right, I guess I'm, I'm going to become an abusive dad now because this cannot stand. It shall not stand. Speaking of music, I'm just, I'm kind of all over the place, but this is what it is. This is what it is when you talk to yourself. Okay, guys, you're jumping around. But speaking of music, um, 
I thought I, I, Michael Jackson has been a lot on my mind recently, or maybe he always is. Michael Jackson and 9-11 are always on my mind. It's an admission. That's what it is. What it is. But the thing about MJ and watching old you know, tapes or whatever, watching old hysteria about him, it's interesting because hysteria is not the right word because the Beatles created hysteria where people would be screaming and like couldn't con- they'd be crying and couldn't control themselves. The Beatles created hysteria with fans. Michael Jackson created psychosis. Like people, like true freaks came out. True weird, disgusting aunts were in love with him and wanted to kiss him. Like psycho people with weird haircuts. Weird, weird old ladies that probably didn't even listen to his music adored him and followed, like a psychosis took over people or, you know, it brought the crazies out. And it's like, it's crazy looking back at that and seeing that that phenomenon that everyone was like, I, this pedophile is so incredible at dancing. What? What is going on? Or what was going on? Because I've got news for you guys. Michael Jackson has died. He's died again. He's died twice for your sins. I was just imagining if if we got a if I bet there's gonna be a, a huge listener drop off because I said I spoke ill of Michael Jackson. It is funny there that there's any split between the, in the in the Michael Jackson world of, of people. It, it's just funny that that anyone doesn't believe he's a pedophile because if you know me, I've got the Goblin list and it's always ready to be opened. And I'm not saying everyone that looks like what they are is what they are, but I'm saying some people look like what they are, and he looked like a fucking goblin and he looks like a child's worst nightmare to be honest he looked like a scary scary fucked up thing so it's it's not at all surprising for him to be what he looks like it's just funny that there's any kind of division of camps of those worlds where it's like what are we talking about the same as fun what's his name what's the other pedophile that everybody loves woody allen how is there any dispute among these like about what is right and wrong about fucking a child what are we talking about like the fact that there's any conversation that needs to even happen between people is nuts. Like, what are you talking about? It's evil people are just evil. Like, like oh, now I did. It. I just said evil people when I already said there's no such thing as evil. Okay, well now I'm fucked. My whole system is fucked. Okay, shitty people. When I use the word evil, I mean shitty. Okay, guys. I don't mean that there's a spirit possessing Michael Jackson that forced him to like kids. I mean shitty people. Uh, who are fully responsible for their activities. It would be funny, though, if... Not funny, but it would be ironic if there was... If there really... If at the end, of the end of your life you find out, oh, there is demons, and there's a demon in Woody Allen making him do this, and he's going, no, I don't want to. And there's a demon controlling him for 50 years and forcing him to make uh, critically acclaimed movies and forcing Michael Jackson to make critically acclaimed music. That would be a, a really weird turn if when you die you go like, what? Like, they, the God shows you, like... No, it's, it's real. These, they're just demons controlling these Hollywood elites. You know, New World Order. That'd be a funny truth. And again, ironic, not kaha funny. Ironically funny that demons exist. All right, I've completely run out of steam, and I'm now going to go smoke a joint and see if it makes me want to cry or flip out. Let's We'll find out. I'll report back next time. Um, that was episode 87, and if you can count the amount of times I said, um, in this episode, it might be 87, or actually, wait, this is episode 88, what am I saying? Fuck. I'm ruined. Okay, that was episode 88, uh, I'm still in LA, be back soon, the boys will be back to, to being united, 
me and Silly Willy um, and the whole gang. All right, check out the project. Get me famous or just send me money. Venmo me, Asher Rogers. Goodbye. <laughs>